Hello, I'm Matt Williams Guy here for First Person Safety, and I'm here with Miss Whitlock. Yes, Miss Whitlock, not the other Miss Whit Miss Whitlock. This Miss Whitlock. Uh, this is Karen Whitlock, and um, Karen is unique in that she has taken quite a few instructor certification courses as well as uh, a lot of student level courses from a lot of instructors. Uh, she's been a regular in, in, in my classes locally, but she's also trained with people like Tom Givens and, and basically you name it, she's taking it. And I'm gonna throw it now here to Karen. Karen, introduce yourself and tell everybody, kind of give a rundown of your instructor certifications and any other notable training you'd like to mention. Sure thing. So I am the other Whitlock, Karen Whitlock. I own Trigger Time Indoor Gun Range in Flowery Branch, Georgia, just down the road from Lee. And I own the range with my husband. We are in our 10th year, which is kind of amazing because it doesn't seem like it has been that long, but it has. Rick is my husband. He basically does the operations and the sales at the range. And then I'm in charge of getting the training scheduled and basically running most of the training. I also do the paperwork and the licensing and all the governmental stuff and the finances. So that's my, my other life. Um, in terms of the training, I have done a ton of things. I actually had never really shot before when we bought the range, which is kind of unique. So in 2014, I decided I was a fraud and needed to figure out how to actually shoot a gun since I owned a range. And I decided I was going to start a chapter of a girl and a gun, which is a ladies group uh, that, that's basically a national group, but we were going to have a chapter. And in order to do that, you had to be an NRA or USCCA instructor. So I found somebody who was going to teach the classes or sort of mentor the chapter, but I was just going to check the box and get the instructor certification. So in 2014, I got my NRA basic pistol certification with the intention that I was never going to teach a class because I did not feel ready to teach a class. But then once I started doing it, I really liked it. And so everything's kind of snowballed from there. I've gone on to get my USCCA certification. Uh, so I have their equivalent of basic pistol, which is concealed carry home defense, and then their defensive shooting fundamentals levels one and two. And then I'm a training counselor with USCCA so I can certify other trainers to teach. And then from there, I sort of jumped the gap like Evil Knievel and went to Range Master and got my basic Range Master certification and my advanced Range Master certification. Most recently, I have gotten a certification from Modern Samurai Project. I've, like a lot of people, I've jumped into the red dot. So that, that was what that was about. Um, we had a lot of people in our store coming in to ask about red dots, and I wanted to be able to speak about it intelligently. So that's why I went down that path. And then I also, over the past six months, I've done the active self-protection instructor cohort, which is a little bit of a different program, but I found a, a lot of value as an instructor in that. And then just this past weekend, I did the Mike Seeklander instructor, instructor developmental, no, what does he call it? Firearms instructor development course. So I did that this weekend and that was a whole different level of development as well. Um, starting out like with the NRA and USCCA, they give you that canned program to teach. And most, most of the, the later courses I've been taking are more about just developing myself as an instructor and getting better in the way that I deliver material. So that's kind of been my focus lately.
but that's a few courses here and there. Sure. Uh, you're also <laughs> Masada Ibru, Deadly Force Instructor as well. Yes, I did do that one as well. Yeah, good catch. All right. I, I knew that one. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that you had done the uh, Active Self-Protection instructor course yeah. that'll, that'll make it something good to talk about as well yeah because uh, we'd like we want to talk about all the different certification and and what they what they mean um i'm familiar with the nra program to a certain extent i years ago i, I did the basic pistol instructor but i and i've done i think personal protection inside the home instructor but i've not done any mm -hmm. of the others uh but i'm kind of familiar with their their lineup i am not familiar with uscca at all not, not nothing firsthand um, let me tell you well tell me <laughs> well so uscca is their basic program is concealed carry home defense so you could actually teach that class and never have your students fire a shot that's actually the way it's designed so it is basically teaching sort of holsters and mindset and you know of course I put the cart before the horse there but mindset and holsters and uh, the legal aspects and things that go along with the idea of concealed carry and home defense um, there is a segment of the course in which you would teach live fire but you could theoretically teach teach for them without teaching anyone how to fire a gun at all um, and then from there, they have defensive shooting fundamentals one and two, which was sort of developed in connection, I guess, with Rob Pincus and his deal. And then the training counselor program actually certifies people to teach the concealed carry home defense piece. Um, so if you did the concealed carry home defense piece, it's a lot like the NRA in that you're basically teaching a canned program. You're teaching their material in their way that they want you to teach it. So um, it's a good place to start. I find that a lot of people when they're just starting out, they either want to do NRA or USCCA. So they generally make a choice between one of the two. Okay, what are the shooting standards uh, required to become a USCCA instructor? For USCCA, there's basically a 50 yard, or excuse me, a 50 round shooting qual and you shoot a series of shots um, going from like three yards down to 15 and you have to get 80% of your shots. So 40 out of 50 in an eight inch circle with no time limit. So it's pretty similar to the NRA one in terms of percentages. And um, I'm not sure what the distances are on the NRA anymore. I want to say they were 15 yards also, um, but very similar. Like it's not a super stringent shooting qualification to be sure yeah i know nra basic pistol is 16 out of 20 shots into a six inch group at 15 yards and no time limit yeah. i do not remember what the standard was for personal protection inside the home and i'm un completely unfamiliar with any of the, the other ones beyond that uh, i know that they recently developed a new concealed carry instructor uh, mm -hmm. program but again i'm not familiar with any of the standards that are all involved in it um yeah, I did the I did the CCW one that they just came out with because they were trying to, in my opinion, they were trying to make it a little bit like USCCA and that you could kind of cut and paste their program. Uh, so that qualification, I can't remember the specifics, but it was a lot more timed and from cover and things like that that were not in the basic program. Should I put you on the spot and ask you which one is superior to the other? 
NRA or USCCA? Yes, but you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I just was just. No. Was... Oh, well, I'll tell you, I've uh, taught maybe three NRA basic pistol classes and I've taught hundreds of USCCA. Okay. So I do prefer USCCA okay. just because I find that the people that come into our store when I was trying to determine which one to teach as our curriculum, the people that come into our store, as you know, in Georgia, there's no, there's no permit requirements. So I very well may be the only person that ever talks to them about firearms. So I wanted it to be more of like a well-rounded program and a more well-rounded conversation. Hopefully they'll come back because ideally as an instructor, I want to make them interested enough to come back for more and impress upon them that they need more. But if they only take one, that's the one I wanted it to be. Okay. Now to be fair to the NRA, um, I know NRA basic pistol is not a concealed carry course. It is more of a safety fundamentals course. Uh, I, I can't speak firsthand as far as the, their concealed carry course. So I guess what made you decide USCCA over NRAs other than, I know you're saying you're teaching more of them and you want more well-rounded, but what in it made you feel that way? Um, at the time, NRA didn't have their CCW class okay. um, and I haven't taught enough of the CCW to really tell you. It's basically a combination of personal protection outside the home and the basic pistol. So there's components of each in that in NRA. Um, but at the time, there was not that class. And so for USCCA, just the idea that there was some discussion with the students on mindset and, and things like that, that would actually be helpful to them if they were talking about having a gun for personal defense versus just having a gun. Um, I felt like the USCCA was a better fit for the people that were coming into our range. All right. Now, in your intro, you talked about you jumped the gulf to range master. <laughs> Explain what you meant by that. I did. So I will say, like, of all these certifications, they all mean a lot to me in different ways. Like, I'm proud of achieving whatever I've achieved in those ways. But some of them mean a lot more to me than others because of their difficulty or whatever I had to go through to actually get them. And the range master is one of those that you really have to be able to shoot pretty well to get that certification. So you have to be able to shoot well under some pretty stringent standards and you have to pass a test that's, it was pretty difficult as well. If you didn't study for it, it was pretty difficult because it is looking for specific wording. Uh Um, So the test itself, you could consider difficult, but for me, the shooting was more of the challenge just because I'm one of those that I like to shoot really slow and really perfectly. And Tom really has a way of bringing out the other side of that in you. Um, So I was really proud of actually putting myself through something that I thought was going to be a challenge and it was, and then actually seeing it through the end and finishing it. So yeah, for, for those yeah. watching that, if you're not familiar with the Range Master Instructor Standards, uh, I'm Range Master staff, so I'm obviously a little biased uh, in favor <laughs> of Range Master. Um, to pass the instructor course, uh, one must be able to shoot a 90% or better on the FBI qualification course. That's the same standards that the FBI holds their instructors to. 
Uh, then one must shoot a 90% or better on the Rangemaster Instructor course, which is a much more stringent course than the FBI one. And then you have to pass a written test with a 90% or better score. Now you are given a 200 and something page manual on the first morning of the class and everything that's tested gets touched on at some point in time during the class, but you've got to study. If you're not, if, if you are going out to dinner with your friends after class Friday night, Saturday night, completely blown off the test, uh, you might be sweating it on the 90% there. Uh, yes. the, the failure rate in that class is around 11%, I think, right now. Mm. Uh, and, and commonly, it is the test that gets them. And what I've seen in the classes that I've assisted with, there are people that are coming from either one, a pure competitive background, uh, who think they know a lot about firearms, and they come in and they ace the shooting, do pretty well in that. Then they fail the written test because they've never thought of it in the like the deadly force mm. use of deadly force legal questions, et cetera, that are that are there. Sure. Um, so I see some of that, and I see some people who come out of the other programs. Well, I'm a USCCA or NRA instructor. I, surely, I'm an instructor. I can pass a <laughs> pass a course, and Ooh. it's just it's just not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's no. not the same. Um, no. Do you feel like, from your experiences, that's a fair characterization? It is. Um, it is. And I would tell you, like, as a training counselor for USCCA, I see a lot of people who, you know, for whatever reason, they've decided they want to try to be a trainer. So they'll come and take the class. And to me, you know, I, I'm not sure what makes you want to be an instructor outside of, you know, my personal experience was I wanted to check that box to have the uh-huh. chapter of a girl and a gun. But, you know, if you're going to be an instructor, you need to be able to shoot to a certain basic level. And if you can't shoot, to me, you should be able to shoot 100% in that eight inch circle at Uh all of them at 15 yards, you know, um, to be able to instruct other people. And then in the communication end of it, I see a lot of people who they may know what the like the four, three or four rules of safety are, depending on who you're talking to. They may be able to recite those to you. But being able to explain them to someone who knows nothing about it without um, without having to, you know, go through a lot of turmoil and coaching is yeah. it's interesting that that you th- you would put yourself in that teaching position, not being able to do those basic things. But yeah, Tom Givens of Range Master phrased it really well in a recent conversation he and I had. It's actually, you can see it on the YouTube channel here. I'm going to look. He said that he can sign a piece of paper that you met the qualifications, but he can't sign a piece of paper that makes you an instructor. Yeah. And I think you just hit it well. Somebody might be able to recite the information back or write it back on a piece of paper, but being able to explain it, being able yeah. to put it into actual meaningful terms I think is one of the big differences. Uh, one other thing I want to mention about the Range Master course is that unlike the NRA and USCCA, uh, it is not certifying you to go out and teach a set of canned material. It is developing your knowledge and skills uh, so that you can go out and formulate your own program. Yeah, and I would say like taking his class or Tom's class was what kind of got me thinking along the directions of maybe I want to put my own stuff together, which Mm -hmm. sort of led me to the journey of Seeklander's class and the active self-protection thing. 
is trying to take the best of all the things I've learned and put it into my own program because the other thing we may touch on this later but the other thing you learn as you take all these classes is there's a lot of different viewpoints out there on whatever stance grip all the things and unless you take a bunch of classes you know you're not really exposed to everybody's viewpoints to make that decision for yourself as to what might work best so so I would say Tom's class really helped me sort of realize, I guess, that there's other, there's a lot of other viewpoints out there and I really need to do my research before I start telling people this is the way, you know, and it never yeah. is the way it's a way. <laughs> it's a way. I'm yeah. on, ra- on range master staff and I use a different grip and stance than Tom does. Do you now? Oh, yeah. Right. Now our fundamental philosophies are very similar. Mm-hmm. or else I wouldn't be teaching for him um, <laughs> okay. or he wouldn't let me teach for him I guess it'd be a better way to phrase that um, but uh, I shoot more thumbs forward he shoots thumbs mm-hmm. up he shoots more of an actual true uh, what Weaver was supposed to be yeah. and not what it's often portrayed to be uh, yeah. although he's not exactly shooting Weaver either uh, and I shoot more of a, a, a modern isosceles Mm-hmm. Um, but we're both the mindsets are very similar. Um, I, I'm also certified by Dave Spalding Handgun Combatives, and I don't do everything the same way Dave does. And Dave doesn't demand that we do everything the same way. But if you're teaching his material, he expects you to portray the material um, true to what he would portray it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there are different ways to accomplish the same thing. And um, uh, that's an excellent viewpoint. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So with all of the training that I, I personally know that you have gotten, uh, does it sometimes frustrate you when you go to teach so like the USCCA class? Do you sometimes mutter under your breath like there's a better way to do this? I wish I could. Mm. <laughs> Listen, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the thing of it is, going back to the idea of learning from different people is you get exposure to all those different things and it does change your mindset about things. And I will say, um, you know, some of the things I'm certified to teach now, I probably am going to let those certifications go, not all my USCCA stuff, but you know, there are ones that I may just let them not renew because I really don't believe in what I'm being asked to teach anymore. Um, You know, like stance and some things like that the way that I learned stance from, you know, some one group may be totally different than what I believe now. So I've had to go back and, you know, I've had students come back and take like an intermediate or an advanced class from me and there they'll say, well, that's not the way you taught me advanced three years ago or stance three years ago. And it it wasn't, you know? And so I have to just say, well, you know, I evolve and learn things. And, you know, that's kind of why I guess as instructors, you do continue to take classes because, opinions change i mean weaver was awesome in the 50s but now most people don't do that you know so things change yeah my first firearms instructor certification was a law enforcement instructor certification back in 2003 when i came to the sheriff's office in 2009 uh, the sheriff wanted classes taught to private citizens and i'm like my goodness how do i teach private citizens how to do this that's when i went and got us uh, excuse me nra basic pistol thinking that I wanted to go learn how to teach this, uh, you know, 
to the average Joe uh, that would come into a class and you know, went through the first couple as we've already described. And I was going, mm, okay, I've got to find something else here because this isn't quite suiting. Now, and that's not a truly a fairly, I guess, a fair statement to make because I think NRA Basic Pistol does accomplish the goals of what NRA Basic Pistol sets out to be. But I felt like it was also, it was too canned for what I needed to do in the time limit that I had had available for me to teach. And so I ended up just developing my own stuff uh, for that program. And kind of, I've taught, I think, well, actual one NRA basic pistol class in the entire time I've had the certification. But oddly enough, they keep cashing the check for the renewal. <laughs> they will. They keep, it, they need that money. They're bankrupt. Didn't you hear? Yeah, that, that's just funny. So I I hate to let a certification go, but like you, I may yeah. let that one go this time because I'm just not, not using it. I fully intended to go all the way through their personal protection outside the home, which the CCW stuff wasn't available then, which, you know, you had to take that as a student outside, you know, student level before you went into the instructor level. Yes. And I couldn't find anybody to teach the student level class. Oh, yeah. They have changed that recently. Um, Before you could just show up for the instructor class and which is weird in its own way I, I mean it makes sense that you should take right. the class first but yeah. not many people are teaching it yeah yeah and so I, I was asking like can I just take a shooting test before the class starts and no they no no you've got to take it as a student well teach it as a student well yeah. I only offer and I couldn't find it and then if I remember correctly you have to take the instructor thing every two years yeah that BIT. yeah mm-hmm. and I just wasn't going to do all that <laughs> listen uh, well, see, the difference between you and me, among other things, is I feel like you have the experience and the the credibility where you could do your own thing and it wouldn't really matter. But me, I mean, I guess I feel a little bit differently right in today's time. But like a couple of years ago, I probably would have said, I really still need that NRA because somehow that made me feel legit or, or more legit, even though you're you're really not once you get that certification. But I think I felt like I had to hang on to that because that somehow said at least she's passed some sort of certification, but you know, now I'm seven or eight years into it. And I do feel like, you know, I probably, I'm just now getting to the point where I feel like I could probably put my own stuff together and wouldn't really get questioned because I have some experience. Well, the the NRA does bring the name recognition. Yeah. And yeah, people sure. that don't really know anything about firearms have heard of the NRA. And they might ask, are you, well, are you an NRA certified instructor? And if you say, well, but, but I'm a range master instructor, well, yeah, they might not have heard of that or might not have right. heard of handgun combatives or, or some of the others that are out there. Um, you touched on something just there in your last statement about, you know, the instructor certification doesn't make you an instructor. Yes. <laughs> Explain that. <laughs> Listen. Um, Well, you know, like I said, with the NRA, my intention was once I got that instructor certification, I was never going to teach a class. And I definitely did not feel ready to teach a class for sure. And, you know, it has only been like within the last couple of years that I really feel a lot more confident in what I'm doing and handling the classes that I do teach, um, because you do need a lot of experience, not just spewing out the content 
but in dealing with the students, whether it be on a, on a line outside or even one-on-one -on -one in a bay, there's a lot of experience in gun handling that you don't really get in the classes that really could be the difference between having a safe environment and not having a safe environment or having your student feel like they had a safe class and you know leaving there vowing never to touch a gun again because mm -hmm. I almost got killed you know um, so there's a big jump too between getting that certification and actually being experienced enough to know how to handle certain situations on the line there you go um, I'll, I'll tell the story often to, to people that are, are getting into this is the very first open enrollment private citizen class that I taught, I had seven students and I had them on the line and I'm starting to run drills with them. And all of a sudden, just one of the guys just walks off. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, because in the police academy, we'd all been doing push ups and running <laughs> to the gate and back and everything else if somebody had done that. And okay, well, private citizens don't have that experience. No. Uh, and if you're, if you're by yourself, you can't leave your five or six other people right. that are here to go figure out why he went to the bathroom or why he wants to leave all of a sudden, or, right. you know, it's really complicated. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And so that's just certain things that you, until you've experienced it. And, uh, you know, another crazy, crazy thing is that, you know, in academy settings, they tell everybody to load their mags to the same limit so that everybody runs out of ammo at the same time and everything. Right. And then a private citizen, you got, everybody's carrying double column duty guns, you know, in the, in the private citizen world, you've got everything showing up and that's just not right. an issue. And so it's, those are some of the differences that I've seen, but um, I know you just experienced Mike Seeklander's uh, program. Good. First, tell, tell us uh, basically about Mike's program. I, I have not taken it. I have read his book. Now, I know that he uh, helped develop a lot of the courses for the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. So mm -hmm. uh, I am certified by them. So wow. I got a pretty good idea of what his course is like uh, from that and having read his book, but not experienced. I'm excited to have you on here to talk about that today. So uh, tell us what it's all about. Listen, it'd be a piece of cake for you. But <laughs> for me, um, it was good. It was good information. I really enjoyed it. It is based on his book. And I guess the misnomer is that it's really Mike teaching all the class, but it's really Mike and Rich Brown mm -hmm. that teach the class. Rich mostly handles the inside stuff, the classroom instruction part. He's really good at it. I can't remember all of his credentials, but I think he has like a degree in psychology mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, so he is, he is really good at teaching that part of the, the class that deals with you know, how to prepare your content and how to put your content in a certain structure so that students get the most from it. He's really good in that regard. He, um, so you'll do the classroom part. And then the other part of the day, we are on the range and on the range, it's kind of like a, a shooting class, I guess you get Mike's shooting class to some degree, but then he also will throw in little tidbits of, you know, if a student did this, I would say that, or, you know, little tips on managing the student to some extent. So it's sort of a mixture of teaching fundamentals, but then also we're working on our shooting just a little bit. Like he'll teach you how his, why, how he came up with 
the grip and the stance and all those things that he uses and, and why. Um, because it's like with a lot of instructor classes, they stress the importance of telling your student why you're asking them to do something. Because as adult learners, we like to know why we're doing something. We're not like little seven-year-olds and we'll just do what you say because you said. We want to know why. So that's sort of a big part of the program too. Um, and then they do various teachbacks throughout the program. So you'll, you'll do a couple that are just basically content related and you'll teach back and then they'll, they'll critique you on how you did and how you put that information into their, their format that they, they like, and, you know, may hurt your feelings. It, you, you may get a glowing review, but you know, they're, they're brutally honest and they'll tell you, you know, how they, how they saw you and how, you know, what you could do to improve, which is nice because, as an instructor, like going through the NRA and USCCA and some of the others, you don't always get someone that watches you teach and tells you how you did teaching. You know, they, they either watch you shoot and you pass your test or you passed a written test, but you don't get a lot of teachbacks necessarily um, and people critiquing how you deliver material. So it's kind of nice to get that input. Then, so you'll get that input on just like your your content delivery but then you also have an opportunity to do the same thing on the range which can be um it can be tricky for people because like for me I'm used to dealing with five or six people at a time and then to throw me on a range of 15 people that's a little bit of culture shock in and of itself um you know even if you're dealing with another instructor that's you know helping you in that teach back so um that can create a little intimidation or nervousness especially when you're three of the people in your group are navy seals and the other 12 are <laughs> guys you know so especially as a lady sometimes there may be one or two of us and 15 guys so it can be intimidating just from that perspective but the true value really is just getting feedback on how you did how you presented what you could do better because I don't you know, outside of USCCA and a couple others, there haven't really been situations where I've gotten a lot of feedback on how I teach. So that's kind of nice. So if you're interested in that, I think that would be a good value to you. Cool. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you about running a line of shooters, but you said something that piqued my interest <laughs> in that. Um, organizing content. So this is a teaching you how to put together a program yeah. versus teaching somebody else's canned program and he also talked about the explaining the why and to me that's the big difference between somebody that knows what they're doing and somebody that's just reading off of a powerpoint yeah and that goes back to what i was saying about the safety rules even like mm -hmm. you could just read safety rules but if you don't know how to explain them you you just won't come across as confident or credible as an instructor so yeah their big thing is explaining the why why you know, if you're going to teach stance, why do I have you stand like this? Or if you're going to teach isosceles um, with your arms, why, why do I teach isosceles versus weaver? Or why do I teach gripping the gun as hard as I can versus 60, 40 or 70, 30 or 85, 15 or whatever, you know? Um, because like I said, as adults, you need, you need buy-in. You know, I'm not going to just trust you. I would trust you, Lee, but <laughs> maybe Tom. I hope so after all this time, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, like uh, your average show, like tell me why you're making me do whatever. I'll be much more, 
one, I'll be able to remember it better, Mm -hmm. but two, I'll actually, I'll probably actually try it, even if it's not what I think it should be, you know? Yes, funny. I don't remember much from high school math classes, but when I went through all the rec reconstruction classes and they're actually having to apply the math to it, oh, that's what they meant back in eighth grade. Now, why didn't they tell me (laughs) that if I was having to figure out what the y'all rate of, you know, and everything? So being able to, I guess, practically explain the material and and the knowledge where it came from and i'm always fascinated um when i attend a course that an instructor has put together on their own um especially you know when they're been developed over time is what they choose to put into a program as a matter of emphasis and then what they choose to not put in a program Uh, yeah and you know both of those are, are oftentimes very interesting to me of course i really think it comes down to getting the gun out of the holster getting the muzzle on the bad guy and making a good decision which actually you need to do that that feels at begin- important at the beginning yeah. and and during <laughs> that um, feels important yeah <laughs> yeah um which also requires that you have an understanding of the law and etc um so tell us about the difference between running say teaching an individual firearm safety or teaching them you know one of the one of the say you've got like two people in for a USCCA class versus what you felt like with 15 people on the line what did what was that explained 15's like 15 was a little bit chaotic um they did put in some chaotic situations intentionally uh however I think just had they not even done that I feel like it would have been a little more chaotic just having to I had somebody team teaching with me. So like while she was giving the instruction, me as the assist, it felt like a lot to really have to watch, you know, hands of 15 people to see what they're doing or making sure they're not grabbing for anything crazy or, you know, it was, um, I can see where it would be a challenge. You know, we just had two, two teachers, I guess, for the 15, but you know, maybe three would be more of an ideal number. Um, but it's certainly, that's sort of next level. That would be like beyond what I'm able to do now. You know, if I had a mentor mm-hmm. that could let me watch the line with him someday. Oh, maybe, maybe. so. I think you might know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I could work up to it. Um, nice. But yeah, it felt like a lot, especially when I'm used to like maybe six, six or eight at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It feels like you know, a lot of responsibility, you can't even really pay attention to what's being said from your assistant, because you're just so focused on, are they touching their guns? Are they doing anything crazy? Yeah, the safety aspect. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's tremendously different when you start getting numbers. On yeah, the line. And I can see that. Uh, you know, I know people see the traveling instructors because they know what they paid for the class. And then they start counting people up and down the line. Oh, and they start doing math in their head. And they start thinking, well, I can do this. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a whole lot of logistics that go into that. And what you don't see is, yeah, well, 35% of that off, off the top of that goes straight to the government. Uh, yeah, they got to pay their own health insurance. Um, yeah. You're thinking Probably. that it's, yeah, you're thinking that it's divided over two days. That's what they made for like a weekend class, but really it's over four days because they had to get there and they had to get home. 
yeah. so that really cuts the average per day that they're making down to, to a minimum. And I don't know many people who are out full-time teaching firearms that are making a living from it that they don't have a military or law enforcement pension or something else to fall back on. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, it's a handful of people I know that have actually made their living from doing that. Um, you know, I guess I see you see it from other people too, is they go take one or two classes and they go pick up an NRA USCCA cert and they think, well, this is easy. I'll just throw together teach a class. Well, it's not that easy. Mm-mm. Even if you're a good instructor, like you're, you're really good at shooting, you're really good at communicating, just the marketing aspect of it uh-huh. is tough. You know, where are you going to get your people from? You know, where are you going to have a, find a range to shoot at? Cause I'm lucky in that I have mm-hmm. that built in, right. but a lot of instructors, they get that cert and they find that they've got nowhere to shoot. Cause they think, well, I can just go shoot at the range down the street, but the range down the street may not want the liability of you right. teaching people on their, their property. So it gets complicated, you know, or they've got their own in-house person they've got to deal with you yeah. know, that they're splitting the revenue from that or, or whatever. And they just don't want outside people coming in and teaching that from either a liability or just a business standpoint. Um, I don't have my own range that I have exclusive access control over. And I know it has sometimes hurt me business-wise that I might have the demand to teach a class, but I don't have a place to teach a class. Yeah. And even if you, um, like some of the ranges around us, even if you got a membership there, you're, some of them, you're limited into how many people you could actually bring in. Mm -hmm. So that kind of cuts into your, your profit. Right. Yeah. It's tricky. It's trickier than most people would think on the surface, I believe. Right. Yeah. I taught a lot of classes in which I made a whopping $50, (laughs) you know, or, or, you know, because I had three people sign up. Yeah. And then I had, but I had to pay for the range because I I used to teach in an indoor range where it was a flat fee Mm -hmm. for me to have their range for the day. And okay. If I had eight students, I made a little money, but if I had literally three students I made 50 bucks well and if you have three students you don't want to cancel because you've only got three students because then you sort of building that reputation that oh well she might not actually have her class this week you know if there's only one or two so I would say even if not that this is what you were saying but even if you only have those one or two students just Mm -hmm. do the class get the experience and don't risk right getting that reputation for canceling because you didn't fill the class. Well, thankfully those, those, those three people you know, <laughs> came back for additional classes and they brought more with them. You know, as Jerry Clower would say, your children are leaving, yeah. but they're coming back and they're bringing more with them. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's how my local business grew. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first started well, doing this traveling thing, I've driven to Oklahoma for seven students and I've driven to Texas for seven students. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that, that's not like a whole lot of whopping profit, and you know, so you see the guys like Givens and Spalding and, and some of the other guys that are, you know, filling sixteen people in a class every weekend. They've also been doing it for thirty years and have a name recognition out there. Yeah. And while it's easier for people now because of the internet, mm-hmm. um. You know, those guys, they had to get published in gun magazines and in books, which means they were having to get through an editorial filter. 
yeah. to get their name in front of people and build that up or now you just start a youtube channel or an That's instagram true. page and is that why you're doing this <laughs> 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 no, not really. You know, to, to me, my biggest issue is getting range access versus getting students. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm only going to do four or five travel classes a year because I've got a job and other things. But, um, you know, hopefully the YouTube channel does help feed into that. But big thing is just I wanted to provide some resources. No, uh, I'm just kidding. Look, yeah, I know. I know that's a, it's a legitimate question. Um, but it would be tough yeah. getting started if that was your ultimate goal to be a national instructor, because right. that's sort of next level right but it would yeah. i can see where it would be tough to get your name out there and not that you yeah. not that people don't know who you are but um yeah to get enough name recognition to where people are waiting right. li- on a waiting list to get into your class yeah and I, I think that's much much harder for the private citizen as well than it is for say somebody coming from a military or law enforcement background because there's just something about you know navy seal yeah, people will go take classes <laughs> from that guy just to go. Well, I learned from a Navy SEAL, but he could know nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, or I mean, not that necessarily they don't that they don't know anything because they know a lot. No, yeah. Uh, what you're it, there to get, right? Are they capable of explaining that to you in a term that you'll understand? And is it applicable to your world? True. You know, I can't think of any time in my five decades on this planet where I've needed to, in my private life, form up with three other people with rifles, you know, and, and go enter a building somewhere and, and do something now in my work life, that's relevant. But, <laughs> no, mm-hmm. you know, I just can't think of, uh, you know, we're at the food court and we're going to go attack the gap. I just, I can't see that. I feel uh, like those would be more of the entertainment, right? you know, it'd just be fun to do it. And yeah, but is yeah. there real learning value maybe not yeah and it's fun to learn that kind of stuff but as, as tom Givens will say put that on your vacation budget not your educational budget yeah all right um which of the programs that you've been through and, and again don't say anything that's going to hurt your business <laughs> and don't say anything that's going to going to upset mm, anybody can you add uh, it <laughs> Uh, probably if I had maybe the ability, edit, edit that edit that Navy SEAL thing that didn't come out the way I meant it <laughs> I think we got there I didn't mean they uh, didn't know anything <laughs> right. um I guess what I'm gonna ask him for is knowing everything that you know now and your goal is you want to be able to teach people because like you say you may be the only person that people ever talk to about a gun you may be the only class they ever take Knowing what you know now, what classes would you take to get to where you are and which ones would you not, or kind of which program mm-hmm. do you think prepared you, more prepared you uh, for what you, where you want to be? Oh, that's a good one. Because I mean, I do feel like there's some value in that NRA USCCA choice. Um, but golly, Range master, definitely. But I do feel like had I not had some experience beforehand, that may have been too intimidating for me to actually jump in as a new person and do it. Um, So some of it may have to do with where you're coming from. So if you don't have a lot of shooting experience, period, NRA USCCA might be a great place to start. Definitely range master, just because that is kind of that next level gap. And that will expose you to some things that maybe you weren't aware of or some thoughts um, 
more regarding like concealed carry and actually defending yourself, actually using this firearm to defend yourself um, that, that don't get covered in the other classes. Um, and I also really enjoyed, I think we talked about it. I took the active self-protection cohort and that's a six month process of just instructor development. We didn't do a ton of teaching to each other, but it was a chance to talk to other instructors across the country on a weekly basis and just talk through different issues and teaching strategies and things like that. We read a lot of education um, based books to to sort of help us form our ideas on how how to best reach adult learners and things like that. So I got a lot of value out of that program. Um, So I think kind of NRA USCCA, if you're not super experienced in shooting to start with, get your feet wet there, range master, and then go on to something that's actually going to develop maybe your presentation style and the way that you you deal with students um, in the classroom and the way you communicate to students. I think those things would be helpful because it's really, it's a continual process. Like you said a hundred times, it's not, I get my certification and I'm good to go. It's, I get my certification and that's just the jumping off point. You know, so I was on the little three meter springboard and now I'm like maybe on the eight meter springboard and someday maybe I'll jump up to that big platform that's scary to look, look down from. But for now, wow. yeah, it's just that jumping off point. Yeah, I guess what I, I see, and it's, and it's part of the reason for this series that I've been doing is I see people that just aren't patient with that process and they want it now. I want to be the national level guy and everything. Yeah. Um, I, I've already said I got my first instructor certification in 2003. About 2016, I actually started to feel like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And then now I'm starting to feel like where I kind of can speak with some authority on, on some topics. And, um, but I still got, there's a whole list of people out there that I still consider mentors and that are more authoritative. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, those guys are all in their 60s and 70s and they're about to step out. So there's got to be people ready to step up and take over. And I know there's a whole group of people that are being, are being groomed by that generation. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess one of the things I want to do with this and some of the classwork is kind of short circuit that path for people to get there. Because I had to figure out a lot of this on my own. Yeah, because you may not know all these right. opportunities that are out there. If all you know is NRA, USCCA, not that there's a whole lot wrong with them, but just if that's all you know, you may not be aware of right. some of those other fundamentals that really could open your eyes and really help you improve. Um, and not even if not even if you're going to teach like the things that you learned in the range master class necessarily, but it gives you that basis of thought where if somebody says, well, why wouldn't you want to do X, Y, Z? And you can sort of dig back into the encyclopedia that's in your head and say, oh, well, it's because whatever. Because before you do that, you don't really have that basis of knowledge. So when these questions come up, you don't know how to answer them. Yeah, and as John Hearn says, we come into a class with a 20-pound bucket full of information and they're they're standing there with a five-pound bucket ready to receive. (laughs) And you know, they're only going to get so much in that, in that bucket, but that may be the only time they ever come to you. And, you know, it's, it'd be one thing if I could have students 
once a month for a year. You know, for two two days of, of you know two week days in a weekend, once a month for a year. What mm-hmm. I could get done start to finish versus I've got you for eight hours. Yeah, because you still got a life. You've got a job, and this is what I do all the time. And I understand <laughs> I understand that other people don't, and that that's one of the challenges of of, of picking what you're going to teach and what you're not going to teach and et cetera. And uh, Wayne Dobbs said something to me one time that really changed my presentation style. And I think my classes got tremendously better with this one statement is, you know, if, excuse me, uh, Sherman House is who said this. Um, If you try to tell everybody everything, you know, you're not going to tell anybody anything, you know. That's deep. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was like, okay, got that. We reverses isosceles. It doesn't yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. You know, there are differences and everything, but really in the long run, does it really matter? So why spend time on that other than to say it doesn't matter? Yeah, I would say, because I teach a ton of beginners, you know, outside of the people I certify, most of what I teach are true beginners. They've never touched mm-hmm. a gun. Some of them in the introduction to class, they'll be sitting there crying because they're nervous or intimidated or whatever. And, you know, I tell them kind of like you said, you know, there's only so much you're going to be able to take with you. I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff and I would love it if you left here knowing how to shoot the perfect pattern on your target, but really, and truly, I just want you to leave here knowing how to be safe with a gun and knowing that you need to take more training, that it goes beyond this. So those are kind of the two things, but like you said, they, they may or may not ever come back, but if, if they do come back, then I've met my goal of, you know, what I had for that class in that they know this wasn't the, this wasn't it, but there is that chance that they don't come back. And this is all they, all they'll ever hear about gun safety or shooting or whatever. And it's, you know, how do you decide, like you said, how do you decide what's the most important thing? There you go. Um, what is something that you need to tell us about that I didn't ask about? Mm, oh my gosh. There was a local reporter that used to interview me when I was the, with the public information officer for the agency. She would end every interview with that question. So what do you need to tell me that I didn't ask you about? And I always thought that was the perfect interview question. So what do you need to tell us about instructor certification courses that I failed to ask? I would say this, if you're an instructor, you need to ask yourself if you're really paying attention to whether your students are truly understanding what you're saying, or are you just going down your curriculum, no matter whether they get it or not, because you really need to focus on the student and whether they're, if they don't understand what you're trying to communicate to you, then maybe you need to take a few steps back and regroup and figure out a better way to say it. That was outstanding. And if I knew how to edit this stuff, that would be at the beginning of the show. (laughs) Because that might get people to watch the whole thing. That was outstanding. Why don't you cut a little outtake? If I knew how to do it. If I knew how to do it. Um, So tell us what you got coming up at Trigger Time. What do I have coming up? A lot of basic classes. We just started a ladies group that meets on the first Thursday of every month at six o'clock is basically just bring a box of 50 rounds of ammo. We'll do one drill and we'll kind of work, work through that one drill in that night. I also ironically have a USCCA instructor certification class coming up on Friday, Friday and Saturday, July 22nd and 23rd. So if that's your jam, I'm here for you. 
that'll be in Flowery Branch also. Oh man, I've got a class scheduled for the 23rd or I might would have to crash that mm-hmm. just so I could get a CC, USCCA. Listen, <laughs> do it, do it. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a class on the 23rd, I think, whatever that Saturday is. That's all right. Next time. So, <laughs> I, I'll have to do that because I really want to see it firsthand as, as to what's uh-huh. going on with that. And since you are right up the road, I am. That would be the place to go. Yeah. But uh, uh, anything else coming up? That's pretty much it. Just, um, just classes and working and competitions and all the things. I saw you were doing IDPA now. Is that true? Oh, well, that kind of goes back. Let me, let me back up here for a second. Okay. Um, You know, you talked about if that's all, you know, when I was going through the cop schools and everything, it, I pretty quickly got to where I was one of the top three people in in a class if I went. Um, I thought I was good. Yeah, you weren't. And then in 2009-ish, I go to an IDPA match and got smoked <laughs> by the proverbial printer repairman. Oh, man. And, you know, and it's just like, holy smoke, there's a whole different level of good out here. And yeah. so... I joined IDPA, started shooting matches and everything, and quickly, you know, got got a whole lot better. But then I plateaued, and um, due to some non-shooting stuff, got kind of frustrated with the whole sport thing, and yeah. ended up. Well, I'll go take a class from one of them. That's when I met Tom, and so from 2014 up until this past year, I haven't done much on the competitive side of things whatsoever. Uh, you mentioned earlier trying to learn the red dot because you're seeing it coming in your Mm -hmm. store a lot well i was seeing it coming into classes Ah, you know and when i'm helping with a class and i had a 70 year old gentleman come up and he's carrying an appendix inside the waistband with a red dot on his pistol like all right this ain't going away i I gotta (laughs) i I gotta get this yeah and so I started fooling around with the red dot. Uh, I took uh, Brian Hill, a mutual friend of ours, the complete yeah. combatant. Um, I took his red dot class. I've since taken Dave Spalding's uh, red dot class. And I've mm-hmm. taken a number of other um, classes in which I shot a gun with the red dot on it. But to get some non-square range time, I started shooting some local IDPA matches again, just just to okay. force myself, other than I'm standing in front of a target and drawing to shoot at it. I wanted yeah. to actually move around some. And I shot, I guess, the January and February matches at Cherokee. Mm-hmm. And I may have done the March one as well, but I know I shot the January and February one. And then, you know, it's the first Saturday of each month and I've had yeah. stuff going. Um, so I'm hoping to get out to a couple of more here pretty quick. I don't know that I'm going to renew nice. when this year runs out. Yeah. But uh, I want to get a few more matches in to get some, you know, where I'm having to do it. Somebody else tells me what to do with the gun. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's cool. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. I love shooting. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. And, you know, the one thing I miss about the matches was we had a core group of people that we always squatted together and it was always fun. We had our inside running jokes and everything. And I just kind of missed that. Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, that group's kind of broken up over the years now, but uh, it still is fun to go back and hang out with like-minded people. Yeah, you just need to get your own posse together. Well, you know, there is the magnificent <laughs> Steve, so I don't know what else I have. And the other Steve. Which other Steve? The other Steve. There's a reason there's, there's, the, the, there's the magnificent Steve and there's the other Steve. Steve I wouldn't Wars. know. Yeah. Who? I, had, I had to name them something to tell them apart. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. I just thought it was because he was magnificent. Well, he is magnificent, but there is, you know, there's the magnificent Steve and then there's the other Steve. And oh. people watching this, if they're still here, have no idea what's going <laughs> on right now. And neither do we. No, we don't. <laughs> We've lost them. Well, there you go. I've gone too far. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been an excellent episode. We actually got into a lot of stuff that I didn't have planned. And that just mm-hmm. when you say something, it prompted another question. And uh, so I have thoroughly enjoyed it today. I hope you did. And I hope that our listeners uh, enjoyed it. So parting shot, go ahead. That's all I got. Just keep training and keep taking classes. And if you're scared to take range master, do it anyways. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Um, Or come to firstpersonsafety.com classes and you can get geared up to go to range master. There you go. Even better. There you go. All right, folks, thank you for your time. And I'm that Weems guy for first person safety. Good night.